0: Give him praise. Give him praise and glory. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. We are, we are in a journey this morning. We've we've gone, we've gone from the guest room. We started in the guest room on Easter Sunday. We found out that Jesus was not just a savior, but Jesus was a servant. Jesus was a humble servant who, who met the needs of those around him. He said this too. He taught us a lesson in happiness. He said, if you you want somebody to serve you, you're not going to find peace or joy. But if you'll learn to serve others, you'll find happiness. He said, what I have done to you, do so to others, and happy are ye if you do them. And I'm glad to know that he humbled himself. And we learned in the guest room what a servant was. But then we see the Bible says they sung in hymn and moved into the Mount of Olives and went into the garden And in that garden which we know was the darkest area of Jesus' life where he submitted to take that cup of sin. He submitted to take that cup of sin and become sin so that I could be free. See, he had to take every sin of mankind and put it on him so God could punish him for your sin and mine. Why? The wages of sin is death. So somebody had to pay that wage. Somebody had to pay that price. And thank God, it says, but God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That, brings us. that brings us to the cross. We've gone from, listen, the guest room to Gethsemane. Now we're going to Golgotha. He was arrested in the garden and went through a mock trial. And they condemned him to die. The spotless, innocent lamb of God was condemned to die. And we're going to go to two places today. We're not only going to visit Galgotha, but we're going to the grave. Listen, to see if it ends in the grave. And we're going to pray, all right? Pastor Jalen, where's Brother Jalen at? I want you to lead us in prayer and just ask God to have his way and that we'll open our hearts and our minds to what God wants to show us today. Every head bowed and every eye closed.
1: Dear Lord, we just, God, once again, God, want to thank you for this opportunity to be in your house God, I pray right now, God, Lord, as as we've heard the stories in Sunday school, Lord, we've we've heard it, Lord, preach, God, and about the crucifixion. But, God, I pray right now, Lord, that we could see, Lord, through this small little glimpse here, God, that we could see, Lord, and let it just touch our hearts as what you've done for us, God. Lord, that you would touch everything, God, that is done, everything that is said, every word, God, every song. God, that... We know that, God, it's it's all in vain without you, God.
0: And, Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning. God, for the spirit that we feel. God, we're giving you praise, honor, and glory for it all. In your sweet name we pray. Amen. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the Place of a Skull, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst.
2: Down the Via Dolorosa, in Jerusalem that day, The soldiers tried to clear the narrow street, but the crowd pressed in to see the man condemned to die on Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating, there were stripes upon his back, and he wore of thorns upon his head. And he bore with every step the scorn of
0: Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your precious gift. Thank you so much for the son that you gave, Lord, that we could be forgiven. Thank you so much for the price that was paid. Lord, I know it was free, but it was not cheap. And I thank you so much for your blessings. Now, God, I pray, use your word. Lord, to pierce the hearts of those that are here. God, for those that are not saved, I pray today will be the day that they believe in you with all of their heart. I pray for those that are saved, today would be a day of fresh surrender. A day when we will fully give God our life and everything we have. And God will thank you for all that you've done already. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. cross sometimes we can dress it up sometimes we can put it on a chain and and wear it we can decorate it and but you know there's really you can't decorate something that was so horrid see the cross was man's answer to God's love the cross was the worst Humanity had to offer. But you know, the cross was the best God had to offer. Listen, there's, there's so much that we can learn from the cross. There's so much we can learn from this situation that we would be all day, all year, you know, knowing the truth of what happened on this old rugged cross. But there are three simple things I want to share with you today It's really important. If you don't get anything, if you don't, if you don't learn anything, if you don't know anything, when you leave here today, don't, don't miss these three things. What really happened on the cross? What really took place that day in, in history? Way back, way back, many, many years ago. I mean, I mean, the epic of humanity took place that day. But what really happened? I know in my Bible... My Bible says a lot about the cross. And it says a lot that we need to know. One of the most familiar verses in the Bible is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. God so loved the world. I read another verse. The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Not, not when we got better. Not when we turned over a new leaf. Not when we fixed all our problems. Not when we quit all our bad habits. But he loved us just like we are. And the Bible says that God commended that love. The word commended means to put on display. God knew that talk was cheap. And God did more than talking. He did talking in John 3.16 and Romans five eight. He showed you how much he loved you. And when I look at the cross, I can't help but see, I can't help but know that this is a place where love was expressed. Love was expressed. We try, we try and we buy flowers for people. We we maybe buy chocolate candy or we we might buy jewelry to express what we feel about somebody to, to, to put on display, say, look, I, I feel this way. And and you know, those are meager attempts to share love. But God did the ultimate. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. No greater love, no greater expression of love, no greater uh, expression of, of passion could anybody do but lay his life down. That is the ultimate way. That is the ultimate display. And Jesus laid down his life. For you and me. This is a great expression of love. You say, well, oh, come on. Listen, do you realize at any moment Jesus could have called thousands of angels from heaven to take him off that cross? At any moment, any time, you say, but he was God. No, he was all human. He was 100% human, but he was 100% God. you got to understand, he felt everything you felt. He felt every strife. He felt every bruise. He felt every puncture wound. He felt it when they stuck the spear in his side. He felt it when they spit in his face. He felt it when they plucked his beard out. But he did it because he loved you. You know, it's easy. I say easy. It's easier to see that God would die for Mother Teresa. It's easier to think and to comprehend our mind that, that Jesus would die for Billy Graham. But you know what my Bible says? My Bible said he died for Jeffrey Dahmer. My Bible says he died for Adolf Hitler, who killed countless number of Jewish people and was responsible for many more. He died for him. The Bible says scarcely would a man die for a good person much less a sinner. But because he loves you. He said this. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. You see he could have started over in the, in the garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. He could have destroyed them and started all over. But there was only one problem. When he created them he fell in love with them. He's so in love with you. so in love with you there's no way for me to even be be, be able to come close for me to explain how much God loves you but this is a good start the cross was an expression of love but not only was it an expression of love the cross the cross was an exchange of life it was a life that was exchanged. If you'll give me that verse, brother, if you'll give me that verse. Watch this right here. Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, read it with me, should taste death for every man. You see, in that, in that place, in, in Calvary, and I've said it over and over and over again, and I hope you get this, and I hope you understand this. Jesus did not just die for you. He died instead of you. But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why did He have to die for us? Because you've got to go back and read, and, and, and it says this, For the wages of sin is death. Sin had to be paid for. Sin had to be judged And see, you and I were born into sin. You and I inherited sin because of Adam and Eve. Somebody had to die. Jesus came to be that somebody. The the, the, the choir, Miss Angie sings that song, His life for mine. His life for mine. He exchanged it. He took my stripes. He took my bruises. He took my beating. He took my crucifixion. He took my punishment. He took my pain. He took my judgment. He took my sin. Thank God. Thank God. As I stand before him, I ask you this. What can you not give up for him? What do you see in your life that you think is too hard or too difficult that you're ready to quit? He didn't quit. We owe everything because of this cross. At the cross, we see a life was exchanged. But then more importantly, we see this a lesson was explained. A lesson? What do you mean a lesson? How can we get a lesson out of this? Well, everybody everybody knows John three sixteen. Don't we? I mean, people run around ballparks with a rainbow wig and holding up a sign, John three sixteen. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff to get, you know, we'll put it on our we'll put it on the on the, the ideals you know, football players and stuff, and man, people look that up, they know what it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man, that's easy. Everybody knows that one. But you know, not many people know first John three sixteen. 1 John 3, 16. Watch this. Hereby perceive. The word perceive there means to see. We can see that Jesus loves us. It's not hearsay. It's not not a matter of somebody's opinions or theory. We see how much Jesus loves us. All you got to do is look at the cross. Perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Now here it goes. Here's the lesson. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The word ought is obligation. We have an obligation because of what Jesus did for us. We have an obligation to do something for others. You mean to tell me he wants me to give my life for somebody else? He wants me to jump in front of a bullet or he wants me to, to take somebody else? No, 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 no. You don't understand. He doesn't want you to die for somebody else. He already did. He wants you to live for somebody else. He wants you to live for somebody else. He wants you to live your life in such a way that you are thinking about others before you think about yourself. He wants you to live a sacrificial and submissive life so that when others think about you, they think about Christ. When others see your actions and your activity and your behavior, they don't think about nobody but Christ. They'll think, man, what a godly person that is. And the lesson of Calvary is this. The lesson of Calvary is this. If we want to save our lives, we must lose our lives. And if we try to hoard up and it's all about me and it's all about what I want, it's all about my dreams and my desires and my plans and what I want, you're going to lose everything. But if you're willing to say, God, I surrender all. God, I come to the cross of Calvary and I surrender my life to you. I surrender my hopes to you. I surrender my dreams to you. I surrender my children and my family to you. God, everything I have is yours. You know what you'll find? You'll find joy in life. You'll find peace in life. You'll find satisfaction in life. You'll find real hope in life. You'll find out that when you give it up, that's when you really receive it. But if you try to keep it up and hoard it, you'll lose it all. Oh, what a lie. what a lesson! He says, "Give me your life and watch what I can do with it. Give me your dreams and watch what I can do with it. Give me your hopes and watch what I can do with it. But he can't do nothing with it till it gets out of your hand, preacher. You don't know what's happening in my family. Yeah, I do. You're trying to run it, preacher. You don't know what's. I've got a mess in my life. That's because you're at the wheel. You know. I know it's a country song." I know it's a country song, and you might not think you ought to say nothing about a country song in church, but I'm just telling you, some of y'all need to let Jesus take the wheel. And it's not just a cool song to sing. We love it. It was a hit, and, you know, Jesus take the wheel. I'm telling you, that's a reality. Jesus take the wheel of my life. God, I surrender. I let go. I, I, you know, I found out the more I got my hands and stuff, the more of a mess I make. When I look at Calvary, he said, it's all yours. Father, not my will, but thine be done. And he gave up the ghost. What does that mean? He said, die. Die. You see? Well, we're not going to go there. That's such a good... He had to tell himself to die because he didn't have the sting of death because the sting of death is sin. I need a witness. That's another story. Listen. Galgotha teaches us that we need to let go and we need to surrender and give our life to him. But do you know what? Jesus didn't just come to die he had some other plans <laughs> he said you are gonna get me he said you're gonna destroy this body of mine but I got news for you in three days I'm gonna take it back again you may put me in the ground In three days, I'm coming back. Are you serious? As a heart attack. You see, this was not enough. This was not enough. There was more that needed to be done. You say, but he said it is finished. The payment for our sin was, but there was something else that needed to take place for him to be who he said he was. Now, most of y'all know we were supposed to leave here yesterday at 6 o'clock. I went to Carrabba's one more time right before, just in case. Amen. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I, I did go to Carabas though. But it wasn't because of that. One verse in the Bible could have saved that dude a lot of embarrassment. No man knoweth the hour. Not even the angels. But my father only. So. But I will tell you this. He had to get up. Because if he didn't get up. He would be a liar. You know what they say about prophets? Never prophesy. Because if you are right. They'll never remember it. And if you're wrong. They'll never forget it. This dude will go down in history. Say amen. But you see, the Messiah, if he was who he said he was, in three days, something's going to happen. We need to make sure, we need to put, we need to put soldiers at this, at, this, at this tomb to make sure that the, the disciples don't come and steal him back. And just say he got up. But if he gets up, you know what the Bible says about the resurrection? It says this in Romans. This is what the resurrection means. This is what the resurrection teaches us. At the grave, we see in Romans chapter number 1. In Romans chapter number 1, I believe verse 4, it says, And he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. What did the resurrection do? It substantiated that he was who he said he was. The the resurrection proved that He was the Messiah. The Bible says that God proved it and gave us confirmation that He was the Messiah. He was the great I Am. When Jesus was here, He said, I was before Abraham was. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And on the third day when he got out of the ground, God said, this proves it. In the resurrection, we see the holiness it proves. He was who he said he was. You know how to test a prophet? If what he says comes to pass. We tested him yesterday at 6 o'clock. He lied. Hello. But Jesus said something in the very moment, the very hour, the very day. It happened just like he said it was going to happen. It proved he was who he said he was listen it not only proved he was who he said he was but B write this down if you can help We see it was the help it provides us you see Jesus knows me and he knows you he knows I'm weak and so are you he looked at Peter and said Peter son you, you, you got good intentions Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about right there? Let me tell you how, let me describe my life. I'm saved, and I'm trying to be a Christian. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right there? I'm born again, I'm blood washed, I'm telling you my name's in the Lamb's book of life, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down, I'm telling you, I've I've got an address on Hallelujah Boulevard, I've got all that stuff, but sometimes I'm going through hell on earth. Sometimes I'm trying my best not to lose my temper. I'm trying my best to keep my cool. I'm trying my best to be what God wants me to be. And you know what? Sometimes that's easy preaching and hard living. There's been days in my life I wish I could trade places with you and let you preach a while and let me go out there. Say amen. Let's move along. And you know, God saw that, and God knew all of that. So he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the word to live by, but I know you're going to need help. So I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a teacher. I've got plans for you. You're going to need help. How many of y'all need help to be a Christian? I do. God knows I do. So this is what my Bible says. This is a cool verse. I'm telling you, this is a cool verse. Look at this. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? In other words, who's going to condemn you? Who's going to to come and rail on you? We know the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Now watch this. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. He got up so he could do this. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. He got up so he could go up, show up for our behalf. Let me explain it this way. In in 1st John chapter 2, verse 1 says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. An advocate with the Father. You know what an advocate is? It's basically like a lawyer. Somebody to intercede. Somebody to stand on their behalf. I, I had to go to court with somebody. I had to go to court with somebody. I don't know why, but that is, that they just like preachers to go to court with them. I, it's like a lucky rabbit's foot. I I don't know what it is, but... Preacher, would you go to court with me? Well, that time I did. And Judge Cheney come out. the. Does anybody know Judge Cheney? He's like 73 feet tall. 27 feet wide. And he comes out. With that with that black robe on and I'm I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating this a bit, I got weak in the knees. And I wasn't even the one standing in front of him. And and the guy said, Are you, Were you gonna go up there with me? I said, No. <laughs> I would have, but I didn't want to. Man, I was standing there and I'm just thinking, hadn't there been no courtroom like that? That's the first time I'm just looking, thinking, oh, God. And he called his name. Oh, man. Just hearing that, he called the gentleman's name. My heart went down to my ankles. I'm thinking, I'm never going to make it through this. And instead of that gentleman standing up, another gentleman stood up. And it wasn't even the gentleman whose name was called. But this other gentleman had a suit on, slick haircut, and a briefcase. And he walked down in front of Judge Cheney and said, Your Honor, I am such and such, and I'm here to represent him. And I thought, Woo-hoo! And then all of a sudden, Cod reminded me of that verse. That when the devil comes before the judge of all mankind and says, I saw what he done. I'm here to tell you, he is guilty. He is guilty. And when he calls my name, and I feel like I had to stand up, somebody stands up on my behalf named Jesus Christ. He came back from the dead, and now he's my advocate. Now he's my intercessor. And he says, hey, I represent him. Sick of Jesus. thank God we don't have to stand alone. You know, I see I saw some folks I saw some folks stand before see there was a bunch of people there and I saw some people stand before the judge with no representation and boy, I thought about how hard it's going to be one day when people who die lost and do not trust Christ as their Savior One day they're going to stand before the judge with no representation. And they're going to be judged for their sin and be cast in eternal judgment. God help them. But you know, my Savior got up so that he could stand before the judge and intercede on my behalf. You know what? Let me me give you this last one. The resurrection, not only we see the holiness it proves, but we see the help it provides. But look at this here. This is cool. I want you to see the hope it promotes. The hope it promotes. I went to a funeral home one day when I was a kid. I went to a funeral home one day when I was a kid with my dad. And... and you know, our kids are just, their mind scattered, brain, we're all over the place, you know, and I'm walking beside dad, and he's talking with the funeral director. They're taking care of some business. We walk into a little room, there's a little viewing room, and there was a casket there. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I thought was going to be in that casket, but it, it just, we were standing there, and, 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 the, and the funeral director just lifted up the lid, and, and there was a person there. there was it, They were getting ready for viewing, and and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, I just got, I, I don't, it just shocked me so bad, I, I just, I lost off, I couldn't feel nothing, I mean, just just scared me so bad. I didn't ever want to go in on another one. I didn't want to go to a funeral. I didn't want to go to a funeral home. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then God called me to preach. And I told Dad, I said, Dad, I don't like funerals. I don't like, you know, I don't, I, he said, you're getting in the wrong stuff for that, son. But I'm telling you, I just. And you know, I got to read my Bible. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, or excuse me, I believe it's verse, I think, 14 I am he that liveth and was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. And you know what? Most of y'all know, most of y'all know that I like to coon hunt. And, and I don't get to go that much anymore, but when I do get to go, there's another creature out there in them woods that you don't want your dog running after. It's called a possum. How many of y'all know what a possum is? Listen, scientists say they're really smart. Really. They say they're really smart. I'm thinking, okay, if they're really smart, why are they dead all over the road? You know they'll say, and why did the chicken cross the road to prove to the possum it could be done, you know what? A... But they say they're very smart creatures, and this is, this, is, this is the thing. If they come to a burrow or a hole or a den somewhere, and they see and I don't know how they prove this, but they say this is the fact that they'll see one set of tracks going into that hole, they won't go in there. They're afraid because they know whatever went in is still in there. But if they go up there and there's two sets of tracks, one coming and going, they know, hey, everything's fine, go right on in. Now, you know, if we would just understand what a possum understands, that when Jesus went in the grave, there was one set of tracks going in. But after the third day, there was a set of tracks coming out. So we don't have to be afraid to go in because if he went in and come out, one day I might go in, but another day I'm coming out. And because he died and rose again, I don't have to be afraid of the grave. I don't have to be afraid of a funeral. I don't have to be afraid of a coffin. Because I know that is just a separation. That is a door from here to eternity. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm telling you, I am so thankful every day of my life, every day that goes by when I see sickness and death and disease and everything that's happening, that I don't have to be afraid of the grave. I can be ready for it. I can be prepared. I can have my ducks in a row and know that everything's going to be alright. How do you have that confidence? Because He got up. How many of y'all are glad because He got up we can have hope? Come on, give God praise and glory. Come on, give Him praise. He's worthy. We have hope today. We have hope today. We have hope because He got up. Because He came forth. Because He stepped out of the grave. We can do it one day. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. He got up, so one day you can. In
1: Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled and striving cease My comforter, all-in-all Ice and took on fled- ¡Sí,
3: sí.
0: Some of y'all glad he got up. Amen? Yes, amen. I want every head bowed for just a moment. Just remain standing, every head bowed. I just want to give a little brief, short invitation. Guys, this is the most important part of the whole service. If we could just be real still right here. Real still right here. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how you can know for sure if you were to die right now that you'd go to heaven. Simply because of what Jesus did on this cross, I can share with you how you can know for sure without a shadow of a doubt if you were to die right now that you'd go to heaven. There's basically three things you need to know. And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what these altar workers would tell you at this altar. In your Bible, the Bible says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. That means we're all sinners. We inherited it. If you've ever told one little lie, just one little lie, that makes you a sinner. That means we're guilty of sin. And because of that, we're sinners. Then the Bible says this, for the wages of sin is death. Sin has to be paid.